Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in 2 Thessalonians 2, 13-17 called Stand Firm in the Truth. I know we can be passionate about a lot of things in life, and uh, here's a couple scriptures that I would share with you in light of just everything that's going on. And, and there's always a ton going on. Psalm 46, 10 and 11 says, Be still, cease striving, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold, Selah. Now, I know a lot of passionate prayers went up to heaven in light of this election. And I know that we're all concerned about our country, and it doesn't really matter what side of the aisle you may find yourself. What matters is that we care and we cry out to God. And Psalm 46, 10, and 11, I wanted to share with you just so that you can know that the leadership in heaven never changes. (laughs) Never changes. And, uh, you know, people can be passionate about what they believe, and, uh, you know, we can be, we can feel a little bit like, you know, we're on uncertain ground. But as a believer, I am never on shaky ground. Never. Because my hope in Christ is the anchor of my soul. Now, this uh, Advent season, we've been praying about a theme, and it came to us in one of the meetings just recently, and the theme is going to be a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices from O Holy Night. Isn't that cool? And I know there's a lot of tired people in this room, <laughs> and, and, you know, we can be fighting on many different fronts, and we just, you know, we're, we're coming to the end of a study of the two letters to the Thessalonians And let me remind you of a study that we did recently, which says, it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. By the way, I mentioned to you in that sermon that all three of those are God's will for you, that you rejoice always, that you pray without ceasing, and that you give thanks in everything. Sweet sister in the congregation came up to me a little while ago and just said that she felt like the Lord was saying just hold on. I've heard your prayers. I know your heart. And, you know, the Lord moves through all different seasons of life. His greatest victory was on one of the darkest days in history when Jesus died on a cross and everybody was confused and hurt and wounded. But then the victory came. And so this is how our God works. So I would just encourage you not to fret. Uh, the Lord is not going anywhere, no matter what happens in our world. And whether you're rejoicing over results that happened or you're bummed out, the Lord is not going anywhere. Amen? That's why we're here. I built my life on the anchor of Christ and nothing else. Okay, we are in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Standing firm in the truth is the text, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. If you're new to us, what we do is we read the passage together standing if you're physically able to stand. 
2 Thessalonians 2, 13 through 17. So we'll finish chapter 2 this morning. And this word has a lot to say to us, and here's what it says. Paul writing, 2 Thessalonians 2, 13, But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. It was for this he called you through our gospel that you may gain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brethren, Stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace, comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work and word. And all God's people said, (laughs) amen. You may be seated. Father, thank you for a timely word. Your word is always timely, but it's so good to see words like eternal comfort and standing firm in the truth and things that we need to hear. We have a little section to deal with, but it's filled, it's power-packed, as your whole word is. It's inspired by God, and it's literally powerful. It's like the rain that comes down and waters the earth. It produces growth in our lives. Give us ears to hear what you would say to us today. Help us to put aside all the other stuff all the the burdens that we carry, let them melt away in the beauty of your presence and in the power of your word. Your word will not come back void. We're going to prosper today because we're getting into it. And I pray that it would speak and perform its work for your glory and your glory alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Standing firm in the truth. Now, this letter was written to calm the fears and correct some false doctrine in the Thessalonian believers. Notice in verse 2, just to remind you, probably the main purpose of the letter, he writes that you, 2 Thessalonians 2, 2, that you not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter as if from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Now, Paul has been endeavoring by the inspiration of the Spirit, to correct, to calm and correct about specifically the day of the Lord, which would be the return of Christ or the end of the world. And what people were essentially saying is this, have we entered into the day of the Lord? Have, we, have some of our loved ones missed the resurrection and the rapture? There was some confusing teaching afoot, just like there is in our day, there was in Paul's day. And Paul wrote the letter to calm God's people, and I pray that that will be part of what happens today, and correct, and then at the end of the letter to bring, or the end of the chapter, to bring comfort to our hearts. Amen? That's something that we always need. And so this is what Paul is saying. He's saying there's no reason to be shaken in your beliefs. The day of the Lord has not yet come, and it will not come. And then we had two markers that we looked at in chapter 2. Until the great apostasy comes first, the great rebellion, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of perdition. And it says that the Lord will destroy him with the brightness of his coming. And so we can have good confidence that even in the end when uh, all hell breaks loose and there's a man of lawlessness that shows up on the scene, that Jesus Christ will vanquish him 
And just with the power of his coming, the power of his glory, we don't have to be afraid. Heaven's leadership never changes. (laughs) Praise God. He is good all the time. And, yeah, you can finish that. And all the time, he is good. And one other thing, you have not been destined to wrath. 1 Thessalonians 5.9. Tribulation is going to come. Jesus said, in this world, you are going to have trouble. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So don't freak out. Be still, cease striving, and know that I am God. Now in verse 13, Paul says, but we should always give thanks to God for you. We always have things to be thankful for. And here, Paul says, I am thankful for you. The word but is a contrasting word because it contrasts the believers in Thessalonica, the genuine church with those who are going to be duped by a lie. Look at verse 10. With all the deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. For this reason, on this group of people, God will send upon them a deluding influence or a strong delusion so that they will believe what is false or believe the lie in order that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness. But there's the contrast. We should always give thanks to God for you. You will not believe the lie. You will not fall under God's judgment. You will not be deluded because you are in the truth. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the anointing from God. And you know what's true. And you are in Him who is true. Amen? That is Jesus Christ. See, Jesus Christ came to reveal the truth. He said to Pilate, everyone who is of the truth Here's my voice. And Pilate cynically said to him, what is truth? Pilate didn't know what truth was, but truth, ironically, was standing right in front of him, embodied in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't miss it. He is the truth. And we can be thankful, Paul says, of you, brethren, this fairly young church, because you are three things. You are loved by the Lord. Amen. God chose you from the beginning, if you have the New English, and you probably don't, the beginning of time, for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. We'll get to uh, something else in verse 14. But you were thankful to you, brethren, for you, brethren, because you are loved by God. You are beloved by the beloved of the Lord. Just park there for a second. You are loved by God. Sometimes we just got to park there, right? Because we get weighed down with so many different things and sometimes we feel unworthy of God's love. This is a brand new church, really. They're pretty young in the Lord. They, They don't have all their theology together. And we don't have all of our theology together or all of our stuff together. I was telling somebody the other day, I've been studying the Bible and teaching it for three decades, and I still discover new stuff every time I open the book and new stuff I got to (laughs) apply. But one thing that we cannot forget is that we are loved by God. God so loved you that he gave his only son. How much more can he do? He put his love on display 
at the cross. He demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. I'm Rob Newton, Program Director for Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. I've been working with this ministry for nearly three years. I have to tell you, I'm so blessed the Lord has connected me with Pastor Michael and the entire staff at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. I've worked with quite a few ministries, and I'm going to be honest with you, I could be skeptical. Well, if I'm really honest, judgmental right off the bat because of my past experiences working with other ministries. I'd think, okay, they seem kind and loving. Let's see how long this lasts. Anyway, the point I'm making is that Pastor Michael and the entire staff, and I mean the entire staff, are wonderful people. Did you know before we end a staff meeting with prayer, we end it with making a list of people who need or are asking for prayer and pray for them too. I can go on and on about the staff, but time's ticking away. If you've been listening for some time, I want to let you know from my experience, Pastor Michael is a good man. He cares about the mission the Lord has placed before him. He loves his church, and he loves you. Why else would he speak the truth even when you don't want to hear it? This podcast exists because of him and the Lord's gift to him. We would love to expand this ministry to be on more radio stations, and we need your help to do it. Before we can add a radio station, we need our largest radio station airtime bill to be completely funded by listeners like you. That price per year is $44,500 a year. Now let's get transparent. Walk in Truth has been on the air since 2012 thanks to our church. Last year, 16 listeners outside our church collectively gave nearly $1,500. We were so grateful and excited to see growth. I mean, really excited. This year, in all its uncertainty, has surprised us and given us so much hope. So far, 191 listeners have collectively given nearly $11,000. It's amazing, right? We would love your help and support to raise the remaining $33,500. Monthly partnership is what we need. Can you commit to giving at least $1 a month? We have a lot of podcast listeners, and if even half commit between $1 and $5, we will make our goal. If everyone thinks, well, others will give that $1 a month, I don't need to, then most won't give. Your monthly partnership is needed. If you're a new listener, please only help by praying for our ministry and its mission to equip people with God's truth. But if you've listened for some time and you're starting to see walking truth as I do, please commit to giving $1 to $5 a month. Or if you're already a monthly partner, upping your gift by $5. Please visit walkintruth.com today to give your tax-deductible donation. That's walkintruth.com. And thank you. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. I was telling somebody the other day, I've been studying the Bible and teaching it for three decades, and I still discover new stuff every time I open the book. And new stuff I gotta apply. (laughs) But one thing that we cannot forget is that we are loved by God. God so loved you that he gave his only son. How much more can he do? He put his love on display at the cross. He demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We're going to be saved from his wrath and we're saved by his life. This is why you can be thankful in every season. The Thessalonian congregation was going through difficulty, but Paul says, I'm thankful for you. Because you are loved by the Lord. God loves you. Don't believe any lies or misinformation about that love. And he has chosen you, notice, from the beginning for salvation. 
Now, most scholars believe from the beginning of time here, and I'll give you a a couple of scriptures on that. There is a variant reading in this text. Let me just mention it to you. Some manuscripts have the idea here that from the beginning has the idea of the first fruits. And as I have done some homework on the passage, I think the majority of scholars believe that it's from the beginning of time. And let me just explain that just for a second. There's a lot of different views on election and the predestination of believers, and there's some controversy as it relates to that. But let me just say to you that I hold to a view called simultaneous election. You don't have to believe my view, but here's, here's what it says. It says, because God is eternal, his, his nature is eternal, he knows everything, he's omniscient. There's nothing that God learns, he already knows everything, right? So God does not have to look down a corridor of time, see who might receive him or, or do something like this. You know what? You're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. Everything for God is now. And so simultaneous election argues, this is just something to, for your consideration, that God already knows everything. It's all before him now. And so he doesn't have to choose or look down a corridor of time. Everything is now for God. Amen? He already knows who his people are. He already knows every segment of time, who would be saved and who would be lost, because he doesn't have to wait to see what happens. He's eternal in his nature and all-knowing in his knowledge. Everybody with me? Now, a lot of these things stretch our brain a little bit, and I'm not saying that these are all easy answers, but this is one way that you can think about it, is that God is never surprised by anything. He doesn't have to predict something in the future, although he gives us prophecy for us. It's not for him. It's for us. And God loves you. And God chose you from the beginning for salvation. I mentioned to you the variant reading, Aparkane, I think is how you say the word. One manuscript family has Aparkane or Aparkane, which is first fruits. And the other has Aparkase. And if you're familiar with the word Arche, that's the word for uh, beginning. Uh, or architect, one who's the originator, if you will, the English word. And so most scholars lean towards from the beginning of time God chose us. Uh, This is an unusual word, uh, but it is used in the Septuagint for the choosing of Israel. If you're interested, write down Deuteronomy 26.18. I was Deuteronomy 26.18. I was reading F.F. Bruce on this idea of uh, God choosing us and election. And... uh, He makes a comment, and I'll see if I can pull it up here. It's page 191. Here it is. This is Bruce. Just listen to it. I think it will give you another angle, and this has to do with this first fruits idea. He says, quote, It is a travesty of God's electing grace to suppose that because he chooses some for salvation, all the others are thereby consigned to perdition. On the contrary, I'm just giving you Bruce's view. If some are chosen for special blessing, it is in order that others may be blessed through them and with them. This is a constant feature in the pattern of divine election throughout the Bible's story. From Abraham onward, those who are chosen constitute the first fruits, looking at the other possible uh, language of this text, bearing the promise of a rich harvest to come. Let me just explain. Bruce's take, or one angle to look at this, is that when God chose Abraham, and then by virtue of that, you have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you have a Jewish nation. What was the purpose of the Jewish nation? It was to be a light 
to the Gentiles. So Bruce is giving us another angle with all this predestination and free will argument to think about. That when God chose Israel, it wasn't just exclusively to love Israel. It was to work in Israel to produce the Messiah and ultimately that Israel would be a light to the nations, i.e. to bring others to salvation. Everybody with me? So Bruce says, maybe we need to begin to open up our theology a little bit more instead of thinking about you're in, you're out, and God chose that person and didn't choose this person, which is called double predestination. I don't hold that view, by the way. But more that when someone is chosen, part of the purpose of God choosing them is that they would then reach other people. Everybody with me? And so I believe that somewhere in God's... uh, grace and foreknowledge. He does this choosing. You can't avoid the word, but at the same time, we have to respond. And we respond to the gospel. Notice it says uh, in verse 14, it was for this he called you through our gospel. And at the end of verse 13, it says, through sanctification by the Spirit and what? Faith in the truth. Now, you could say within verse 13, you have the divine side and the human side. God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and, notice, faith in the truth. I'll just say this. God is not going to believe for you. When the Bible calls upon human beings to repent and believe, to place faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's your part. Now, whether in your beliefs, and I'm getting into some deep waters, but it's into our text, it's in our text here. Whether in your belief you believe that God gives people faith, and that's one possible position, or one other thought is that man is a passive participant. He's got a slice of the pie. In other words, I believe that God is not going to believe for you. (laughs) He calls you to repent and you to believe, but he calls to us through the gospel. You've been listening to Stand Firm in the Truth, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Just so you know, we're trying to make Walk in Truth 100% listener supported. If you've made Walk in Truth part of your regular listening, would you please consider becoming a monthly partner? Our annual expenditures for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, operations, and much more reach over $150,000. Our fiscal year starts in April, and so far, thanks to listeners like you, we've raised nearly $24,000. The rest of the bills are paid by our church. Now, we're so grateful because we've seen tremendous growth in listener partnerships since we started this ministry. Every step closer to being fully supported by our listeners makes it possible for this ministry to expand to more radio stations to reach more people. Would you please consider giving either a one-time donation of $200 or become a monthly partner giving at least $10? Your tax-deductible donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please pray and consider partnering with Pastor Michael and Walk in Truth. Visit walkintruth.com and click Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, if ever there was a time to really be thinking about and praying about standing firm in the truth, it is now. 
man, there's so much craziness going on. And the church often feels under pressure to be politically correct. And we can't give way with the truth. And remember, a good way to test traditions, because we have that word in our message here, is to understand that it is simply a passing along of biblical revelation. It's from the Lord through Paul to us. And you might be asking, well, is everything for today for us? Not necessarily. Some things were specifically given to Israel. Some things were given to Israel under a theocracy, the direct rule of God. So you have to understand the context, who is written to, but much of it is for us. And, you know, uh, isn't that really (laughs) where it all matters? Like, are we applying what is for us? We have to examine everything carefully and hold fast to that which is good and true. But when we know something is good and true, then we're called to walk it out. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and this is Walk in Truth, and we're excited that you're listening to this program. You know, we have more and more people jumping on board, joining us on the Walk in Truth uh, journey, really, uh, to walk in the truth of Scripture. And it is such a powerful thing to be partnering with people like you uh, in this incredible ministry. Thank you for supporting us, for praying for us and with us. And uh, man, we need to stand together, brethren. This is a really crucial time. So we're going to have part two in Standing Firm in the Truth tomorrow. Hey, uh, share this with a friend. Tell someone that you love and you know what you're hearing here. And we'll catch you tomorrow, Lord willing, on Walking Truth. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 17, called Stand Firm in the Truth. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.